for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Katie Wu, who covers the St. Louis Cardinals for the Athletic, about this Giants Cardinals series, which wraps up tonight at Oracle Park. The Cardinals obviously took game one of the series behind seven shutout innings from Quan Young Kim. Kevin Gossman had a no hitter into the seventh inning, but then the fans start doing the wave. You get some some funky home run reviews. We can also pick Katie's brain about Nolan Arenado's return to Colorado last week and his return to Colorado for the upcoming All-Star Game on Tuesday. All things we can discuss with Katie Wu, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, July 7th. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast for the first time in, I don't know, a, a little bit of time. She's now a media darling, it seems like, with The Athletic. Katie Wu, she covers the Cardinals for The Athletic, and uh, great to have them out here this week facing the Giants. Katie, what's going on? Welcome home. Thanks so much. It has been so wonderful to be back in the Bay Area. The weather has been perfect, and just being able to, to go and work at the ballpark that I went to as a kid almost, you know, every weekend. It's just such a surreal experience. That's an interesting place to start, maybe, because then your first game back covering the Cardinals in San Francisco, and I gotta say, as far as teams that come to San Francisco and fan bases that travel well, and you grew up going to Oracle Park, you know what it's like. I feel like Outside of like, yeah, Dodgers and Padres, you get some of those fans. Cubs and Cardinals maybe travel better than any team in the National League that comes out to San Francisco. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. that The Cardinals fans, they travel well everywhere. It doesn't matter what ballpark we're going to. They're, they always represent. I mean, there were so many at Coors Field over the weekend that it almost drowned out the Rockies fans. It's been kind of remarkable. I did not know that Cardinals fans traveled like that. It's impressive how much red was out there, but then sort of brings me to my next question, and that's the wave in the left field bleachers. Were you as taken aback by the wave? I was at the, at the game on Monday also, the July 5th uh, holiday game. Giants fans on Twitter and social media were livid about it, went around the ballpark four times. Dave Fleming commented on it on the broadcast. I was shocked just as a fan that it happened as egregiously as it happened. Were you as taken aback by that as someone who went to that ballpark as a kid? I could not remember ever seeing the wave at Oracle Park or, you know, dating back to when it was AT&T or Pac-Bell. Like, I don't remember waves like that, um, especially, like, the timing of the wave in particular was not great. I was like, this is a pivotal moment of the game. Yeah, I was a little taken aback just because you don't really see that out here. I was talking to Sean Estes about it, and he said, uh, you know, usually you, you get a a fan base doing the wave, and it seems like maybe they're not as dialed into what's happening in the game. And to your point, that was sort of a high-pressure situation. Gosman had just lost the no-hitter, which was sort of funny. Is like he got an ovation, Gosman did, after Arenado gets the base hit on, a, on an incredible pitch. It was tough to hit. The pitch right before that that he fouled off was tough to foul off. But he gets the base knock. He breaks up the no-hitter. And then the smart fans in San Francisco stand up and applaud Kevin Gosman for the outing. And then just like an inning later, they're doing the wave, which was such a funny yeah. juxtaposition, I thought. No, absolutely. It was, you know, maybe being away from baseball for so long, you know, I'm, I'm willing to let a lot of things slide, uh, like the wave and ballpark proposals, just as we get back <laughs> to a normal society. Uh, but I did think the timing of that one in particular was a little questionable. Good deal. I, I'm with you there. So let's get into some of this Cardinal stuff. You've been all over this team. You said they were just in Colorado, obviously. Nolan Arenado got a nice ovation there from the uh, the Rockies fans. Obviously, no fault of theirs that he left or, or was traded away. It was his sort of a rift with the front office there. But how has Nolan Arenado been received? I mean, obviously, Obviously, offense around baseball is different. There was a lot of question about how he would perform outside of Coors Field going out to St. Louis, and then he steps in against the Giants on Monday. Just sort of hilarious. The Giants fans are looking up, and there's Arenado and Goldschmidt hitting back-to-back in the lineup. Uh, how, is he, how has he been received, and, uh, and what do you make of the year he's having? 
Oh, Nolan Arnato is so loved in St. Louis. Uh, you know, I knew that he was loved, but when after the first series of the season, the Cardinals went one and two, and I was already fielding questions about, is Arnato going to opt out? And I was like, you know, it's been three games, guys. I, I think you can calm down a little bit. I don't think he wants to leave. You know, he's been really well received throughout the clubhouse, throughout the fan base, throughout the city. And his performance, I, I know he'll be the first to say um, that collectively this offense, this team's offense is not great, but he has well put the course field narrative to rest, in my opinion. I mean, this is an absolute superstar that Cardinal fans get to watch every day. They're a knowledgeable fan base, and they're really appreciative of what he does. I mean, he's a human highlight reel in every facet of the game. So he has just been absolutely loved in what has been a frustrating season, for a first half of the season for Cardinals fans. He's been able to be a bright thought. Yeah, I look at the Cardinals lineup. As I said, I was looking at it on Monday. And, uh, you know, Paul DeYoung came in and he pinch hit at one point. I remember Paul DeYoung was like a, a top prospect for them playing shortstop. Obviously didn't start the game on Monday, but uh, he's a guy who's hitting under 200 right now. And he appeared to be a guy who was going to put up big power numbers in his career, at least early on. And so I look around that roster, obviously Adam Wainwright's still there. Yachty Molina's still in the four hole there. You've got big pieces on the corners with Goldschmidt, Arenado. Is this a playoff team? And if so, what are they going to need when it gets to deadline time at the end of this month? I mean, everybody could say pitching seems to me like maybe the Cardinals need it a little bit more than other teams, just based on the, uh, the status of the national league central right now. You know, I do think that the Cardinals are still a playoff team. I know there are nine, ten games back in the division, but they have always historically been a second-half team. They really know how to make a push. I mean, we saw what this team went through last year in the 60-game season. They were absolutely decimated by COVID, and you had, you know, maybe 15 people make their major league debuts just because they had to get bodies on the field, and they were able to grind that out and make the playoffs. Is that in 2019 they went on that like magical run, and I think that's what they're planning to do in 20 in the second half of 2021 season. You know, the offense, especially with Paul DeYoung, like you mentioned, he's always been kind of a power hitter and a streaky there, but he's always been able to hit for average, and it's just been a little tough go for him. He missed a, a month of the season with an injury, hasn't really found his timing yet. The Cardinals offense has collectively been pressing over the last couple of weeks to produce, and honestly, it's a little ironic because when you look at their roster and you see all the starting pitching injuries that they have with no Jack Flaherty, no Miles Michaelis, it's almost like, you know, if there's one element that should be struggling, it's the pitching. But the pitching has been really good over the last week and a half. They have a, the starting pitcher has has a, a sub two ERA collectively, and it's the offense that hasn't been able to score. So I think that if the Cardinals are going to be a postseason team at the deadline, they should look to maybe add a power bat off the bench, both right and left-handed. Right now, their only left-handed bench bat is Matt Carpenter. They could definitely use some variety there. Uh, I know the Cardinals are confident that they're going to get both Flaherty and Michaelis back at some point before the end of the season. So, I don't know. I think the direction they might be looking forward to is uh, to add some hitting there. I think that the problem that you get into when trying to acquire pitching around deadline time, especially in the National League Central now, and it looks like the Cubs are are starting to fade and fade fast after 10 losses in a row and and David Ross getting ejected from games. They may be breaking Mm -hmm. down or, or making some of those trades that we were talking about early in the season could be coming up. Sometime soon, but I'm looking at the Cardinals, and, and you mentioned Miles Michaelis, obviously, a couple of years ago. He comes over. Wasn't he over in Japan pitching for a period of time, and then he came over and got a contract? Then last year, they signed Kwang Hyun Kim, with the Giants saw on Monday, the left-hander, a, a 32-year-old. He pitched for 14 years in Korea. He was, like, unhittable against the Giants on Monday, sort of sort of uh, uh, pitching on the fringes, it looked like, of the strike zone. He was uh, unhittable. What I saw from him, as far as a guy who's not a huge strikeout guy, 52 strikeouts in 66 in a third inning, this year I was really impressed with what I saw from Kim you know KK has been really fun to watch I I think Monday was his best performance of the season he's been able to string together some nice outings 
he was really aggressive. And it's funny because he doesn't usually pitch for the strikeout. He pitches for weak contact, and you can do that when you have the defense that you do behind him on the Cardinals. But he said that he knows that the uh, Giants hitters were aggressive. So he was pitching for the strikeout. And because the Giants offense is so aggressive, they were swinging at the first pitch or the second pitch and making that contact that Kim, you know, usually gets. So we totally credit his efficiency to that, saying the Giants hitters were so aggressive that I could pitch for the strikeout because they were swinging for it. He was excellent on Monday. Really great story, really decorated career in the KBO. And he's been a, a main force in that rotation where the Cardinals have really needed him. I was thinking about him last year. I know you weren't covering the team, but has he spoken at all about, I mean, you figure he comes over from Korea, he spends 14 years over there, he gets to the United States, and then COVID hits, right? So he's sitting there watching the KBO play baseball, and he didn't get to play, and then he ends up making his debut, and he was pretty good for them last year. Has he talked at all about that that transition? He hasn't yet. Um, I, I, you know, it's kind of been, we just got the uh, in-person access back, but that's oh, nice. definitely on my radar to, to talk to him. About and but what he, it struck me about what he did in the or in the 2020 season is he was with Adam Wainwright almost every day. You know they were trying to stay loose. They would play catch together. They would throw together, and that's all that he did was, was be with Wainwright's family and be with the, his kids and try to kind of make. I can't imagine how difficult it would be to come to America in a time like COVID and have virtually nowhere to go and you have no idea when you're going to play and all of those questions. And you know, coming to a new country is hard enough. And what he had to go through is it's been really remarkable. Yeah, pretty impressive stuff from him uh, again in that outing on Monday. Hey, uh, the Giants released on Monday, actually before that game, their uh, their City Connect jerseys. You're a Bay Area girl. What's the uh, <laughs> your take on the, the City Connect Giants jerseys? And have you seen one for the Cardinals? I assume they're getting one, right? I have not seen one from the Cardinals. I'm assuming it's going to have the arch on it. You know, why wouldn't it? The Giants was a choice. I see they really played into the fog element. And as we know, that is a thing in San Francisco. But you know what? I'm strange in the fact that I really like absurd uniforms and absurd ideas. So I'm all for it. They could have gone more absurd. I thought. I just thought it was funny to have a City Connect jersey that doesn't have the name of the city on it. That's what got me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. One more thought from you on the just sort of the national picture on what's going on. All-Star game next week. The thing I'm most excited for, a couple of elements in this game. Uh, actually, I can't remember who it was and mentioned to me. Maybe we'd get a uh, performance of like you Darvish facing Shohei Otani. I thought that would be super cool. I really want to see Otani face Jacob deGrom. I'm really excited to see him in the home run derby. Anything you're really looking forward to as far as All-Star week is concerned? Maybe the draft next weekend, something with the derby. Matt Olson from the A's now committed to play in the home run derby what do you make of uh, of all-star week and, and what are you most looking forward to this season well i do have a gripe um with whoever decided to make the draft during the all-star break um <laughs> you know july is it's a tough enough month i don't know why we added another thing but i think the all-star game it, it's the Atani effects for me right i mean you're going to see someone that's going to hit and pitch in the all-star game and just when you think about the matchup there it, what Otani is doing is just incredible for the sport. He is must-watch TV. He is absolutely dynamic. And from being on the All-Star game, I know there'll probably be a lot of, from a Cardinals perspective, a lot of a lot of feelings and emotions for Nolan Arenado playing an All-Star game at Coors Field, playing third base as the home team one final time. And that'll be fun to see, too. But I think for me, it's Otani, right? It has to be. Yeah, he, he's the number one. So quick one on the way out here. More impressive physical feat. What Shohei Otani is going to do in back-to-back days, home run derby, and then pitch and hit in the All-Star game? Or is it Joey Chestnut's 14 mustard belts? Where do you come down? Which one's the more impressive, uh, not athletic, physical feat, Katie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, just thinking about 
Joey Chestnut has me feeling nauseous. So I'm going to go with Otani <laughs> just so I don't have to think about that anymore. <laughs> Katie, you're the best. Thanks so much. It was great catching up. I'll catch up with you again. I'll be in St. Louis in a couple of weeks after the All-Star break for that oh, series yes. with the Giants. So we'll catch up then. Can't wait for it. All right, great stuff from Katie Wu. Always does a great job. Make sure you follow her at Katie J. Wu on Twitter. And, yeah, uh, we'll have to catch up with her again. I'm going out to uh, to St. Louis with the KNBR Morning Show next week. That's the first Giants series following the All-Star break. Playing in St. Louis, three games against the Cardinals. And maybe the Giants will fare a little better against KK, as she called Gung Kim, next time they face him. Anyway, thanks to Katie. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Wherever it is you're listening to us, as she mentioned, July has become a busy month for the sport of baseball. The draft is right around the corner. We've got the all-star stuff next week. And then, of course, Major League Baseball's trade deadline. All things we'll have to keep an eye on as we get through this month. Where are the Giants shopping? Where are the A's shopping? I'd imagine there'll be buyers at the deadline in the coming weeks as well. We can also talk We can also talk about some of the NBA Finals, which got going last night. CP3 against the Bucks. All that coming up in the days ahead. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you Friday.